Welcome to Schooled by Mr. Baskin. I have been working with young people for 27 years plus now, and I've loved it, all of it, even the tough times. I am using this time to reconnect with older students or to just kind of express what's on my mind. And now, not just about what I've done in the classroom, but what I've done on the football field. Hopefully it helps me kind of get thoughts out and also helps you kind of appreciate all the work that goes into being a teacher and a coach. All right, good morning, good morning. I, uh, in the car. <laughs> I've kind of decided that I'm going to do these more regularly and do them from the car. So I hope the sound quality is okay. I was thinking of what I'm going to do with these podcasts. And I'm definitely on the back nine of my career in that I've been teaching. Um, this year, it's coming up on 29 years that I've been in the classroom. And um, I'm eligible to retire in three years. And I'm leaning towards doing that. You know, I, I have pretty good pension plan and things. And, um, you know, it's 70 miles to work every day and 70 miles home. And there's a lot of reasons to, to think about retiring. And, um, but as I start considering that more and more, I was thinking about maybe I should start sort of chronicling um, my career because it's been ridiculously long. <laughs> I have taught in the 90s and the aughts and the 2010s and now in the 2020s. So I've taught over four decades. And um, I've seen a lot of changes and in the field of education, in kids themselves, <coughs> in the environments in which I teach, and um, in myself. Some of those changes have been for the positive. I think I'm a better teacher now than when I started. Um, but that's where I want to begin, at the beginning. <laughs> so I, I started teaching way back in February 1994. Let me tell you a story. All right, well, um, up until that point, I had graduated from Stony Brook in um, the winter of uh, 1992. Actually, you know, December 1990, what was it? Yeah, I guess December 1992. <laughs> so, um, and I had my own apartment. You know, my dad gave me his apartment. I can't say I got my own apartment. He had moved in with his uh girlfriend and he wasn't using his apartment so he gave it to me now he gave it to me and me and my friend Tom moved into it and it had no electricity and hadn't, he hadn't paid any real bills in it so it took us a little while and I hadn't paid off my degree for college yet for a variety of reasons so I wound up working a really terrible job for um, a year after graduating from college I had a good friend Socorro Lesgarden she had been sort of a mentor throughout my life, in and out. You know, she was friends with my family and um, she'd always kind of been a voice of reason. I didn't see her super often once my parents split up. Uh, I didn't see her nearly as often as I did in my youngest years, but she always kind of kept half an eye out for me. And when I had graduated from college, she had reached out to me, you know, and asked about, are you interested in teaching? So um, by February 1994, I had finally paid off my uh, tuition charges from Stony Brook and now had my transcripts released. So now I was eligible to apply for a teaching position. So she got me an interview down at uh, PS 161, which for those of you that don't know, it's, it's down in District 7. It's off 149th Street on Tinton Avenue. 
and uh, roughneck place. You know, I, I had lived in the Bronx on and off throughout my life. My earliest years, I lived in the Bronx. And then I, at this point in 1994, I'd been living in the Bronx for a couple of years again. But I wasn't that familiar with the South Bronx, this particular area. So I remember when I, I was going for the interview, I'm like, all right, I really need this job. I really want this job. This is better than the crap job I had had. And this was an opportunity to do something that I had thought about for a really long time. And um, so the day before the interview she set up for me, I, I cut my hair. I had crazy long hair and uh, had a haircut. Back then in 1994, things like your hair length, tattoos, piercings, clothing choices, stuff like that was more of a factor than it is today. And uh, I didn't want the length of my hair <laughs> to get in the way of me getting a job opportunity, which, again, sounds crazy today. But at that time, yes. So I had my hair cut and. Um, did the best I could to cobble together a decent enough outfit to wear to an interview because I didn't really dress in khakis and button up shirts back at that time. And um, she told me who the address was. And I took the six train down to 149th Street. And well, here's where my inexperience was showing in that there was a street called Timpson Avenue, which is right off that train station. And I walked up that block, I don't know, six, seven blocks, a while. And it was more of like an industrial area, so there wasn't really any school. And, you know, I'm like, did, did she give me the wrong name, you know, on the street? And, and uh, you know, then it struck me, no, but Tintin, not Timson. And 1994, there's no smartphones, so there's no GPS, there's no uh, Google Maps and all that stuff. So eventually I kind of doubled back and realized, oh, okay, it's that way. And 1994... 149th Street in the South Bronx, roughneck area, especially for a noob like me. And uh, I make my way to the school and I go in and it's an elementary school. It was, uh, you know, K to six at the time, eventually went to K to five. And um, I'm sort of overwhelmed, you know, a little bit, just sort of, you know, the population there is, is all black and Latino, mostly uh, Mexican, Puerto Rican, Dominican. And, uh, I'm Peruvian, but I don't speak any Spanish, not, not, not good Spanish anyway. And, um, you know, I had been living in the sticks and went to, you know, well, not in the sticks. I lived, grew up in Rockland County after we moved from the Bronx. And then I went to, you know, Stony Brook, which is out in Long Island. So I haven't been around people of color very much for the, you know, teen into my early 20s years of my life. And I get into the school and, you know, I see Socorro, you know, hi, how are you, Kurt? And, and she introduces me to the assistant principal, his name is uh, Mr. Acevedo. And um, we sit down and we talk and he seems like a nice guy. And, um, you know, he asked me about my, <laughs> my experience and I don't have any. And I didn't take any education classes at Stony Brook. I was a history major. And... Um, you know, he's kind of hemming and hawing, and he's friends with Socorro, obviously, and co co-workers with her. But the reality is I don't, I don't have a resume, really. There's nothing here except that I went to college and graduated from it. And then he asks, and he looks further down my, my resume. And again, it's not much, but he notes that I coach football. And uh, he says, oh, you coach football? I said, yeah. How many years? He said, well, four years. And he goes, how, how old are the kids? And I said, well... Anywhere from seven to nine years old up to, at that point, you know, 12 years old. How many? I said, I don't know, 30, 40 kids. You know. And he's stunned by this. Like, 
you know, oh my gosh, that's real practical experience. If not education credits, that's actual time in front of large groups of kids where you can corral them and, and you know, manage them and, and so on and teach them, you know? So he hires me on the spot as a substitute. He's like, okay, great, you know? And uh, so this is one of many ways where football really sort of helped me um, with my life. <laughs> it literally got me my foot in the door as a teacher, as a substitute teacher. And again, at that time, um, this was a step up. You know, I had worked down in the West Village for the last year, working for $6 an hour in a, an old printing press uh, factory that made, you know, local newspapers and magazines. And it was, to be honest, it was a shithole. It was a terrible place to work. And uh, my job was to catch uh, paper rolls that were sent off this giant 18-wheeler, you know, that said 50 at a time, and me and a partner would have to move these 1,000-pound rolls off the truck onto a loading dock and then up to a storage area using a, a, a large elevator, a freight elevator. And it was very physical, heavy work, just grunt work, you know. I got pretty strong doing it, you know, but there were times when trucks weren't there where I was literally cleaning cat crap out of the crevices of this really decrepit building. And there were time, and it would be frigid cold or, or unbelievably hot depending on the season. And, you know, there's no air conditioning. The, the place now that I worked with is very trendy today in the last 15, 20 years. But when I first worked there, it was terrible. It was a, it was a cesspool. And there were times like, how am I here? I'm working with people here who literally dropped out of school way before graduation and don't speak much English and certainly don't read and don't, and there was a, a part of me, a prideful part of me that felt like, what the hell am I doing here? And for so little money, but you know, you do what you got to do. So once I got the job substitute teaching, to me, that was a boost in money. It was a lot fewer hours and it was put me in the direction of something that I wanted to do that I could feel proud of, you know? So, um, you know, I started substituting not just in that school, but in a couple other schools in the area as well. And I remember the first day that I subbed, I, I had no, I, again, I had zero education credits or training at all. The only thing I knew was from when I went to school, which, you know, very different than, than this. So literally, Socorro hands me a, a workbook. And it was a very general workbook with just math and stuff in it. And he's like, here, just, you know, use stuff from this. There was no mentoring or, or you know, teachers leading lesson plans or anything like that. It was just like, all right, go. And I remember the first class I subbed in was a, a special ed class of sixth graders with special needs. And I opened up this workbook and it was a thing on, you know, telling time, you know, what time is the clock on, is on this clock? What time is it on that clock? And these kids, I don't think they were sixth grade, actually, they might've been third, fourth grade. It was a blur. It was like the teacher looked at me and he was probably at the time at least 20 years older than me. And he just looked at me like, uh, the sub. And I know that look because I give that look all the time now. But, um, all right, you know, and teachers need prep time. You know, that's their time to go and prepare lessons and to just chill and to correct homework and make phone calls home to parents and, and you know, just to not be in front of a class. So this guy leaves the room and I was like, oh boy, you know, I was nervous as heck and you can't show it, you're a sub and you know, wearing a tie and a button-up shirt, and my hair's been short for maybe a week now, so I'm still flipping my head back like I got long hair. And um, um, 
I'm doing the best I can and I don't think it's bad. You know, I am moving from kid to kid and trying to keep them occupied, you know, and um, about 30 minutes into the 40 minute period, the guy comes back and I don't remember his last name. His first name was Peter because later on he became a colleague and um, and he just kind of looked at me and said, yeah, no, I, I got it. I got it. And it was really dismissive. And I remember hating him <laughs> for that period of time. Like, like, F you, man. Like, I, I, I was trying. Don't, don't make me feel like I'm a jerk. But the reality is I had no idea what I was doing. And it was just sort of like, to this day, I don't remember any of the specifics, anything of that day, of that period. You know, and then I proceed to cover, oh, I got to cover a kindergarten class. I got to cover a third grade class. I got to, that's how the, the life of a sub. You know, you cover what's in front of you. And today they give you lesson plans and give you advance notice. And there's usually someone on scene to sort of hold your hand, so to speak, through it. Or there's, you know, uh, ICT teachers that are already in the room with you and for many of the classes or power professionals that are there to assist students that know the classes really well. And, but in 1994 as a sub, nope. So um, I'm just kind of making my way from day to day. You know, and I was still working that terrible job, but now I'm working like the midnight shift. So I'm working, you know, from like 11 until 7 um, and then going right to the school and then just kind of sitting there in the main office, like on call. If they need somebody, I'll be there rather than wait for a phone call. I would just show up at the school and just hang around. And that was pretty smart. It got me some regular work for a while, just kind of being there on the scene. And it got me a variety of different experiences, you know, and, you know, cover for this teacher, cover for that teacher, and get to know a couple of the teachers a little bit. Nothing great. I don't even think they know me by name, but at least they, you know, I'm this young guy. That school had a, a lot of older teachers. Like me being in that building, I was immediately the youngest person by probably at least 10 years. So, um, you know, I, I, I was a kid, you know. I did that on and off from February through June. Um, I got into some trouble in the school probably around April. I had a, a difficult time with one class. And this one kid, again, don't remember names. And even if I did, I wouldn't use the names. I'd be kind of screwed up. Um, <laughs> he ran down to the principal's office and told the principal, whose name was Costello, her name I will use, and... Um, no rest in peace, Miss Costello. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, went down to her and said, "Oh, the, the substitute's having a hard time," which wasn't entirely true. And the kid was kind of narking me out for <laughs> no good reason, from my perspective. Although looking back, it probably was a difficult time for me to handle the class. It was thirty uh, fifth graders, I think, and um, and they were giving me. They were, you know, I'm a sub, you know, and they treated me like. Students treat subs, you know, they were just running on me. And, and my, my one defense mechanism back then was just kind of a holler, yell at them. And they don't know me. They're not impressed by me. I don't have any authority. They know it. I'm a sub. So Miss Costello came upstairs and she kind of bellows at them. And they get quiet right away because she's the principal, a big old Irish lady. She pulls me outside and says, why didn't you ask for help? Why did this boy have to come down? Do you even know he came out of the room? Which, looking back, oh, God, that's, yeah, I, I look like a moron. But at the time, I was very defiant and felt like, wait a minute, I didn't, I didn't know. He snuck out, and I wasn't having a problem. I could have handled all of this, which maybe, but, you know, either the kid was being a jerk to be a jerk, or maybe he thought he was helping. I, I don't know. 
But she was mad that I kind of went back at her. You know, like, who are you? You're, gonna, you're just a substitute here, and you're going to tell me that, you know, like, and that's, that's how I was. I, I still am kind of like that a little, but, you know, 23 years old, you know, in my first couple month or two of being a substitute teacher, it's not a good idea. So they didn't hire me for a couple of weeks. They just kind of left me on the bench, you know, and I wound up substituting in a couple other schools in the area, like uh, 184 and um, um, other schools in that region, in that, that district. And um, I mean, it's funny because subbing in those schools is a blur. I don't remember anything about those experiences. It's really odd. I know I did, but I literally cannot remember being in the building, what classes I was in. It's It's kind of like, Sometimes I'll dream of these places and wake up and be like, yeah, I, I vaguely remember that place. But it's almost like, yeah, just remembering an old dream. That's kind of how the rest of that school year went from February through June. It was just sort of, you know, figure it out, you know, get get coverage work when you can. Um, I want to probably sub in that school year, I don't know, between 20 and 30 days out of, you know, I would say we were at the midway mark. So let's say there was uh 90 days of school so out of that 85 or 90 days of school i covered 30 of those days so that was a that was a, a little bit of experience you know all told that's probably like you know close to two months of experience teaching you know in elementary you know and basically every grade of elementary school from kindergarten through sixth grade bilingual classes special ed classes um Speaking, you know, teaching classes for kids that just spoke Spanish when I spoke English, um, using the power professionals to, to really help me. I mean, they kind of mocked me a little bit. The powers themselves were 20, 25 plus years older than me, you know, and oh, you don't speak Spanish? Like, yeah, no, I don't. And they would look at me with like this kind of sad look, like, what's wrong with you? You're Peruvian. You look Spanish. Why don't you speak Spanish? They never said it that way, but their look said it all. You know, it, it was it was tough doing that from day to day. But compared to where I worked before that, all of this was easy. You know, it was like, what's the worst that happens? Some kid gives me an attitude. Some teacher gives me a condescending look. You know, to me, it was like being a sub. I made, I think at that time, you got paid 120 or $130 a day as a sub which was, you know, worked out to, you know, not bad. I think you worked six hours, so that's like over 20 bucks an hour, which at that time when I was working downtown at that, that printing place, I was making $6 an hour. So this was tripling my pay, you know, where I'm not getting dirty. I'm not outside in the elements. I'm not shoveling cat crap. Uh, I'm not dealing with a miserable boss. I'm not taking a train ride an hour and 15 minutes to get to my job. You know, it was, you know, it was maybe 20, 25 minute train ride, you know, another 10 minute walk, you know, to a pretty clean school with a lot of people there that were, were good educators that in time, some of them would become my friends. Some of them would definitely become uh, my colleagues. That, that time that, that really kind of molded me, you know, because it was like being a sub sucks. That's at the bottom rung of the educational, uh, hierarchy you know it's lower than office staff and lunch monitors and, and cleaners and, and and you know power professionals and you know gym teachers it's at the very 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 bottom not to disrespect any of those other things but it is at the bottom bottom and to me it wasn't so bad you know so maybe that's my my entry 
into teaching didn't have the bad taste that it did for other people. You know, I, I, I was always pretty good with kids. I still am, obviously. And um, so over time, the kids, you know, I look mean. I got a grumpy looking face. I'm a relatively big guy, especially in that elementary school. And, you know, so by the time I was getting, you know, they, they, they brought me back on after a couple of weeks after that incident with uh, the principal. By the time we got into the spring, you know, kids are recognizing me. They don't mind me being their sub, you know, and that's going to lend well to the next part of my, my story when I get hired on full time. And I'm going to leave it there. <laughs> I've probably been talking, I don't know, 20 minutes or something. And um, yeah, so that was my foray into teaching really cool. 29 years ago this month. So I um, hope you like my story. And I'm back. I'm going to try and do these more regularly. And um, I hope you liked it. You know, click like, click subscribe, share it with your friends, your classmates. If you were in my class before, it'd be awesome to hear back from you. Um, I got to figure out a way to put these on my YouTube channel as well, which is Social Studies Baskin. So, um, yeah. All right. Well, hope you liked it. Be good.